Thank you so much, Sister Joy, and everyone who is on call. Praise the Lord. Let's continue in prayer as we share the word. Loving Father, we are so grateful for this evening, for this moment, Lord, that you have blessed us with, Lord, as we continue to learn from you. Eternal King of glory, you alone are the most high God. There is none like you and no one will ever be compared to you. It is you that her hearts desire to honor, to worship, and to glorify. And it is such a great privilege, Lord, that you have bestowed your love on us, counted us worthy, Lord, to be the sheep of thy pasture, Lord. You have called us to serve you in your vineyard. And that is an honor, Lord. And as we reflect upon the call that is upon our lives this evening, may you speak to us and remind us, oh God, of the responsibilities that we have as your children in expanding your kingdom. We give you glory, praise, and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As our sister Joy uh, mentioned, our theme, our topic this evening is called and anointed for exploits called and anointed for exploits that we are deriving from the text that uh, Sister Joy read to us. First Samuel chapter 3 uh, from 1 to 14. Uh, friends, I may not go so much into the definitions of these uh, words, but allow me just to mention something on one word which uh, caught my attention as I reflected upon this topic. And that is the word exploits. Now, there are several meanings of the word exploits. But uh, the one that I want to highlight this evening is that an exploit is a noble or a, a heroic act, an act that is distinct, something that is not usual, not ordinary, not common, but something that stands out. And that is actually what God calls his children to do. Our God is a great God. He is a mighty God and he desires to display his power and might through his children whom he calls to ministry. And, and you and I are partakers of this. All of us who are called by his name, there is something that God has deposited in us that he desires us to use to the glory, praise, and honor of his name. And in so we shall be learning from the life of Samuel, the servant of the Lord, as it was read to us. Um, there are a few things that I'm going to highlight that will be guiding our sharing this evening as we reflect upon the call of Samuel. Friends, the way God does his things is really unique. It is beyond we could ever comprehend or imagine, but that is what makes him God. I do believe that we are acquainted with the story of Samuel, how Samuel comes into play. He is born to a mother who had for quite some time 
lived without any gift of a child, not until she went to the Lord in tears, in prayers, and God blessed her with baby Samuel as an answer to our prayer. And she pledged to surrender Samuel to the Lord if God would bless her. And she was very specific in our prayers. She did not pray just for a child, but she asked the Lord. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11, this is what it says. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maid servant and remember me and not forget your maid servant, but will give your maid servant a male child, then I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. So she asked specifically for a baby boy and promised to surrender him to the service of the Lord. And indeed, the Lord heard her prayer. And after she had weaned baby Samuel, she took him to the temple to serve together with Eli. Now, as young Samuel was serving in the temple, this particular uh, text that was read to us now uh, gives us an overview of God's call upon Samuel's life. He was already serving in the temple, but God decides now to appear to him and align his steps to the ministry that he had specifically for him. God now begins to open up what he had in store for Samuel. But as this happens, friends, there are key things that I want to highlight this evening. And I pray that it is going to be a blessing to us as children of God, whom God has called in different places. I would like to highlight his mention actually. It is not how old he was is that Samuel was a young boy. It says, now the boy is Samuel boy. You know, many people would actually think if God desired through Eli, who, is, who, who was old enough, who was more experienced, who had whatever it took to, you know, uh, to, to understand what God desired to do. But God did not speak to Eli. He did not speak to any other person within the temple, neither his sons who were serving at the temple that particular time. But God decides to come to this young Samuel and he speaks to him. Friends, you know, in, in these days, one of the things that normally hinder us from responding to the call of God is actually looking at how young we may be, how inexperienced we may be. Sometimes we feel that we are not equipped to do what the spirit of the Lord is convicting us to do. But let me tell you, when God appeared to Samuel, it was not a mistake for him to go to young Samuel and leave Eli, who was more experienced. And as he came to Samuel, he knew exactly 
that he is the person he needed for the ministry that he had prepared for him, not any other person. And so I do not know, child of God, you who is listening to me this evening, what excuses you could have been giving God. Maybe the Lord has uh, revealed something to you as you know, pertains to the ministry that he has in store for you. But when you look at yourself, you see somebody who, you know, is heal experienced, heal equipped. You do not have what it takes to do what God is asking you to do. Maybe some of us look at our age and we feel that the people that God is challenging us to go and stand before are people who are of age. What are we going to communicate to them? What will I be? Will I really be able to convince them to believe the message that I'm taking to them, friends? Allow me to say that also. Whatever the Lord calls, he qualifies them. The Lord God qualifies those whom he calls. And therefore, if the Lord deposits something in your heart and is convicting you to respond to it, do not look at your age. Do not look at the fact that nobody knows you. Do not look at the fact that you don't have maybe the resources. And God will never ask you to do something that he knows that you don't have the means to fulfilling it. Why would he ask you to do something that requires so huge a lump sum of money when he knows that you do not have money? At least whatever God will convict us to do, he knows that we have what it takes to do it. And so as for Samuel, he was a young boy, but God decided to pick him. He is the one that God selected for the ministry that he had prepared and not any other person. It was not about his age, it was about the calling of God, the anointing of God upon his life. Allow me to say, friends, that it is the spirit of God in you, not age, not your status, that will enable you to do great exploits for God's kingdom. So do not look at your age. Do not look at any other thing, but look to the Lord who is able to qualify you for his ministry. Uh, when we reflect on Jeremiah the prophet, in Jeremiah uh, chapter 1 and verse 5, God actually tells that before I found you to your mother's home, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, listen to what it says. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And in six, this is what it says. Then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Friends, when God has called you, when God has anointed you for something, he knows that you are able to accomplish that task which is before you. So do not allow to be discouraged because of some of these factors, age, your status, the fact that nobody knows you, the Lord who knows you, the Lord who prepared you is the one going to cause you to fulfill. Praise King Jesus. And then the second thing, friends, is the atmosphere and the environment under which Samuel was actually called. Now, when you look at 
that verse 1. It highlights that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. It appears as if, you know, people were living detached from the Lord. They could not get revelations from God. They could not get a sense of direction from God, and they were just in their own world. So that is the kind of, you know, atmosphere, spiritual atmosphere, where uh, Samuel was being raised, God was not communicating to people at, at that particular time. And the kind of environment, probably when you read uh, chapter 2 from verse 12, you get to realize that the priests, the sons of Eli, because Eli was already old, they were so corrupt. Whatever they were doing, they were only satisfying their fleshly desires, but they were not serving the Lord. They were even committing immorality in the temple. The women who came to offer sacrifices unto the Lord, they would take advantage of them. Now, in such a situation, a polluted environment, there is no way you'd expect to see the move of God. Maybe that explains why God's revelation you know, was rare those days. They were not receiving any communication from God. But even in such a situation, friends, Samuel passed in to seek the Lord, to serve the Lord God most high. <clears throat> Just imagine the kind of household where Samuel was uh, living. He was living together with Eli and his sons who were doing all these evil acts. As a young boy, he could have been manipulated to act like the sons of Eli. He could have been misled and, and he could have lost focus. But even with that kind of environment and atmosphere, we see it recorded in chapter 2, verse 18. It says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child, wearing a linen effort. And in, and in chapter 3, verse 1, we are still seeing that he ministered to the Lord before Eli. Friends, God calls individuals, not a family. And he calls us by name. You could be the only person in your family whom God is impressing upon your heart something. And, and sometimes... We feel overwhelmed by what God is revealing to us. And we start saying that, God, why can't you also reveal this to others? Why can't you be the one to speak to them? Why should it be me, Lord? And you sit back, you expect if God is communicating something that might affect the entire family, God should also appear to each and every other person and communicate to them. It may be at your place of work that God is showing you something. But there you feel like God, what are you doing me? Also show it to others. Not only, why should it be me to tell this to them? But friends, the Lord calls individuals. He does not call the entire group. And if the Lord has actually called you, you that he desires to accomplish that. Now, matter the kind of environment that you are living in. It does not matter the kind of spiritual atmosphere that 
surrounding you. Everyone around you may be corrupted, just like in the life of someone. But if God desires to use you, child of God, He is going to pick you. He is going to by name, just as and think that because the atmosphere is corrupted, there is nothing, there is nothing that I will do and achieve. I will not make any difference. How can, probably someone could have asked, how can me, a young boy, be able to, you know, to, to, to impact these people who are older than me? How can I as a young be able to speak sense into people who are mature and they have been in this ministry longer than I have been? But send friends, it is someone that God had chosen and God called him by name. God did not make a mistake. And I want to encourage somebody this evening. You know, we live in a very corrupted world today. Sometimes at our places of work, people are doing things that only suit their earthly desires. Nobody cares whether they hurt others, they do things, you know, they practice wicked, nobody minds at all. Now, it becomes a pain to you who is concerned about righteousness. Then we find ourselves being suppressed. If we do not want to offend others, we tend to keep a low profile. But child of God, the Lord has called you. He's anointed you. He has put you in such a place that is so wicked. He did not take it. You know, many times we pray that maybe God takes us to a place where everyone is born again. Everyone is caring. You have. I, I, I got to realize we're actually more than those who went to my life. That God intended that I should accomplish in their lives. That I thought myself being surrounded by such people. And believe me, you, many of them got transformed. So God has put you in that place, child of God. Do not think of running away because the place is, you know, corrupted. Because there is so much evil around you, but the Lord has deposited in you something that is going to outshine the wickedness that is in that place. If only you can focus on him as baby Samuel did. Praise the Lord. So don't mind about how crooked the people around you are. Do not be discouraged by the wickedness that they are doing. Do not mind about how this, the atmosphere is polluted with so much evil. What you have in you is actually greater than what is outside there in the world. If you only hold on to God, the Lord will cause you to do something that is actually going to put to shame. Whatever you had been thinking was beyond remedy at your workplace, in your family, Maybe God desires to use you as an agent of transformation. So let not the atmosphere discourage you. Let not the environment discourage you. Amid this wicked environment, Samuel served the Lord. Samuel responded 
to God's call upon his life. He did not run away from it. So God calls individuals. He does not call the entire family. Even when we look at the example of uh, Gideon in Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 6, when you read Judges 6 and verse 16, you need to take time and read the story of Gideon. Somehow, somewhere, Gideon also gave, you know, excuses. But God still told him that it is you that I want to use to rescue the Israelites from the Midianites. And so what did the Lord tell uh, Gideon in Judges 6, 16? Listen to what God says. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Not as a family, not as a nation, but he says as one man. Friends, do not mind about the number. Do not mind about the number. You know, of, of people, maybe Alvin alone, trying to force sense, you know, to, to trying to, to, to make sense out of whatever is happening. And everyone is against you. Do not shy away. Do not be afraid. The Lord says, I am with you. Do not even think that God should first touch all others around. He, he intends to actually use you to touch them. That is why he has called you. That is why he has revealed these things to you and not to them. So that you may be a channel through which his power is going to manifest in your family, at your workplace, and at the end of it all, you will realize that God has used you to conquer the evil that is around you. So the environment may be polluted, but if you stand for the Lord, God will use you to overcome all those forces that have polluted the environment. Hallelujah. Then the third thing, friends, is Samuel's willingness to actually obey. His willingness to obey. Friends, when God called Samuel for the first time, he said, here I am, and he ran to Eli. He thought it was Eli who was calling him. Eli told him to go back and sleep. It happened again. The second time, he still responded, here I am, and ran to Eli. And Eli again told him to go back and sleep. And this happened the third time. And when he went to Eli the third time, that was when Eli instructed him on what to do. But I'm just looking at this young boy. You know, you receive a call for the first time. Your heart is open. You receive it, you know, without he didn't know who was calling him. He tries to figure out, maybe it is Eli. Even when Eli tells him that it was not him, the second time he receives, he, he goes back to him. Eli again says that it wasn't him. I don't know if it were me, friends. I think the third time he calls me, probably I would have just uh, relaxed and said, no, I'm not going to get up again. You are just disorganizing my sleep. You know, if you want to speak, speak. You know, sometimes we are like that, friends. We, we, you know, we get tired so fast. We feel like maybe God is bothering us. We, you know, you do something for the first time, for the second time, you feel like I, I've done enough more. But someone was humble and obedient. 
that he did not get worn out by the many calls upon his life, but he obeyed. He, he was willing to obey, but at this point, he did not understand who was actually calling him. Friends, he could have been discouraged by the three times of call without any further guidance. He could have been discouraged. I don't know how many of us would have continued like someone, but sometimes we give up so soon. Now listen, friends, when God calls you, when he continues to call you and you do not perceive that he is actually the one calling you and yet he has a plot for you, he will make sure that he continues to do until your eyes open and you recognize what exactly he wants you to do in life. So may we have the willing heart that actually Samuel had. May we be obedient to the call of the Lord upon our lives. Sometimes when God's call comes, we, we are too busy to respond to it. We are busy in other things. Instead of saying, God, here I am, some of us keep on postponing. Yes, Lord, I will do it. But let me first finish up with this. Samuel probably could have said, no, I'll go, uh, I'll respond in the, in the morning. I'll do, you know, but he, he keeps in that state of waiting for help from the Lord. He, and when he hears the voice again, he runs to Eli because he wanted to, to know exactly who is calling him. He was restless. He needed to find out who was calling him, not until actually he found out the exact truth. Friends, do we respond to the Lord with the same willingness that Samuel exhibited? Because it is very key if we are to do exploits for the Lord, God requires us not to question whatever he actually tells. Some of us, we argue with the Lord. Baby Samuel just said, here I am. He did not ask questions. He did not argue. But why? Why are you calling me and you're not speaking? Why? Who are you? He didn't do all the things. But many times we find ourselves caught in a situation whereby, you know, yes, it is evident that God is convicting you to do something. But we argue with God in very many ways. And we try to dodge. We try to run away from what God is actually telling us. But the Lord will use people who are open to, you know, to receiving instructions from him, those who are willing to obey. Those are the categories of people that God will use to do great exploits. But the people who complain, the people who are so argumentative, arguing over everything, they will find themselves, even if you desire to do something for the Lord, to do great exploits, but you are a type of person who is either complaining, grumbling, God will not use you. God wants people who respond like Samuel. He calls you and you just avail yourself. Here I am. He is looking for people who are available, not people who are able. Praise the Lord. It is not about your, your ability, but it is about you, your availability. Are you willing to avail yourself for the Lord? Samuel was willing to avail himself to be used of the Lord, even if he did not understand the details at this particular moment. May we be available for God to use us, but not keep on arguing and giving reasons that actually make us 
to be disobedient in the eyes of the Lord. And then the fourth thing, friends, is that Samuel was limited by lack of knowledge. <coughs> he was limited by lack of knowledge. And what knowledge we're talking about? The knowledge of God. Verse 7 says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed. The boy has been ministering to the Lord, but he didn't know God. Remember, we were told that there were no, you know, uh, widespread revelations those days. You know, the word of the Lord was rare. So probably it could explain why this young boy did not know. But also, friends, I want us to look at it this way. You know, many times we have knowledge about God, but we do not have experiential knowledge of God. We have not experienced God by ourselves, but we have heard about God. We've heard about him being true. Yes, we go and we attend all the services and all the fellowships, but we have never opened up to the Lord so that we may experience him on a personal level. Now, allow me to say that you cannot do exploits for God unless you know him. It takes you to know God, that God will take you to deeper places, that God will reveal to you certain things. The Bible says deep call and to deep. It is not until you plunge deeper in knowing God that God will open your eyes to certain things that others are not able to actually see. So for Samuel at this time, he was inexperienced. He did not know God yet, but the good thing is that he was willing and his heart was open to know God. How about you? How about me? Sometimes, you know, we have been at church for ages and we think that because we have been in the church for long, we actually understand better than anyone else. There was a time I tried to, you know, share the word of the Lord with my grandma, who is now late. And she told me, my grandson, what do you know about God? You are young. Sit down, let me tell you. You know, some of us, we think that knowledge of God comes through the many years that we have spent in church. Knowledge of God comes through, you know, the, the things those the things that we do regularly as Christians within church context. But let me tell you, friends, you can be in church for 50 years when you do not actually know God. And because you do not know God, there is no way God will use you to do great exploits in his kingdom. It was not until Samuel understood who was calling him, which God this was, that God now opened up other details pertaining to the call that he had upon his life. Praise the Lord. You see, when, when God kept on calling him and he did not yet understand, but when Eli, you know, guided him and he responded to the Lord and God was able to give him details. Friends, do not feel comfortable simply because you have been in church for many years. Do not feel comfortable simply because you have mastered the scriptures. You've listened to very many sermons. Let me tell you, you need to experience God as an individual. Your individual experience with God is what is going to make you do wonders in the name of the Lord. I pray that God takes us to that place of personal, you know, 
touch with him that we may experience indeed who this God is. And we get to know him as ourselves. He becomes the God of Walter, the God of joy, the God of Reverend Eli, that whenever others are referring, they refer to, to, you know, to him as the God of so and so, because they have seen what God has done in the life of that person and through that person. Hallelujah. Do not forget that Daniel, Daniel 3, I mean, uh, Daniel uh, chapter 11, verse 32, it says that, you know, those who know their God shall do great exploits. They that know their God, they shall do great exploits. It is not those who know about God, but those who know God. So the question this evening, what is my knowledge of the Lord? Do I just know about him or I know him personally? Praise the Lord. But one beautiful thing is that God is always patient with us. When he calls us and we have not yet known who he is, he continues to call us until our eyes are open. And that is why he called Samuel for all this time, until Samuel was able to open up to the knowledge of God. And then he started working in him and through him. May we desire to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. And then the fifth and the final thing, friends, is that Samuel was open to mentorship. Samuel was open to mentorship. Let me tell us, friends, every Elisha needs an Elijah, and every Timothy needs a Paul. Many times we feel so proud and we ignore the people whom God has placed in authority over us to guide us. Just look at the question between Samuel and Eli. <coughs> what if Samuel, looking at how disorganized Eli's family was, refused to take instructions from Eli? What if he refused to listen to Eli, thinking that because God had chosen to speak through him, he, he was actually better than Eli? He knew more than Eli. Do you think Samuel would have reached where he reached? Friends, it wouldn't have been the case. But Samuel humbled himself, allowed to be mentored by Eli. And when God mentored him through Eli, that was how the heavens opened unto him. And he actually did great exploits in the kingdom of God. And so, friends, there are people that God has placed in our lives for a reason. Many times we look at the weaknesses of people, but may you acknowledge, sometimes you may have a leader who is so hard, and all that you're praying for is that God takes them out of your life. You know, you don't want to have anything to do with them. But allow me to say that even the leaders who are so hard at times, there is probably something positive that God wants you to learn from them. So instead of focusing on their negative, allow to look at the good side so that you learn what God wants you to learn under them at such a particular time. So Moses Eli's house was disorganized. There was something good that Samuel would actually learn from him for his future ministry. And so friends, mentorship is very, very key. May we allow to sit, you know, sometimes Andy? the person that God puts you under may not be as good as you are, may not be as wealthy as you are, may not be, you know, of your caliber, of your status, may actually even be younger than you. But God knows why he has placed you under such a person. There is something that he or she has 
that you do not have. And if you ignore it, friends, you will remain in one position. You will not grow. You will not be uplifted. uplifted. But the moment you recognize the value in them and you embrace that which they are in, you know, imparting upon your life, that is when you will see how you will treat parents. And so we need to remember these are five things, friends, that age is only a number. As I bring this to a conclusion, age is only a number calls. And secondly, friends, is that we may be operating in atmospheres and environments that are so corrupted, and God still decides to pick you out of such an environment like Samuel. But allow me to say that God calls individuals and not a family or a particular group. So it is not a mistake that God picks you out of such an environment. There is something he desires to accomplish in you and through you. And then thirdly, we need to be with our availabilities. If you are looking at At your ability, you will fail to do extremely mightly. And then fourth thing, friends, is that without knowledge, we cannot do exploits for the Lord without knowing God. So we desire to grow in our personal knowledge of God, that experiential knowledge, that through our knowledge, as Daniel says in Daniel 11, 32, they that know their God will do great exploits. May we do exploits as the Lord takes us deeper knowing him. And then fifth, friends, is that we should be open to mentorship. We cannot grow, not until we sit at the feet of somebody who has been there as they guide us, as they disciple us, and we get to grow in the line that God has called us to minister. When uh, all this happened, this is what uh, I want to conclude with. In verses 19 and 20 says, First uh, Samuel 3, 19 and 20, so Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Friends, all of them recognized that God had called Samuel. They recognized that God had actually lifted him as a prophet. They did not doubt it. And that is why whatever he said, they heeded it because they knew that it was coming from God. The Lord will do that, friends, when we learn to embrace all these that we have learned. That where God has placed you, people will see a uniqueness. Whatever you do, nobody will question. They are not seeing you. They're seeing the God who is moving in you and through you. So do not fear. The Lord is with you. He who is inside you is greater than the one who is in the world. And when people recognize him in you, friends, even people who are very stubborn will give you well. Now remember that God calls and anoints for service, for exploits, not for prestige. Samuel was called as a prophet but not just to feel good because God had given him much power. Do not boast about what God is accomplishing in you and through you, but allow God to be glorified. That call upon your life, that anointing is for you to do exploits for the kingdom of God, but not just to feel good about it. May the good Lord bless us. Shall we pray?
Father Almighty, we are so grateful this evening, and we thank you for speaking to us through this message, Lord. Yes. You indeed called your uh, servant Samuel when he was young, and you equipped him, you prepared him for the ministry that was before him, Lord. He was humble, and he was, Lord, available to do the work, Abba Father. He was operating in an environment that was so corrupted, Abba Father, but he did not allow to be distracted by the corruptions in his day. He availed himself to be used of you. Father, we are living in a generation that is so evil. And some of us are struggling with these things, Abba Father. But may you help us to respond like Samuel did, oh God, that in this wicked generation, people will recognize the God we are serving. And they will indeed know that we are the servants of the Lord, the children of God, and they will honor your glorious name. And so I commit each and every one of us, the Lord, into your able hand. Continue, Lord to shine forth your, your, your countenance upon us and make us distinct that people may see you through us. For this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you. Amen. Reverend Walter, make me co-host. William Bryan, you are really making noise. Uh, we, 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 this is uh, a prayer meeting. Please mute uh, because we need to proceed with prayer. So, uh, Reverend Water, make me co-host. Thank you very much. Uh, Auntie Joy, take over if you are going to pray. Thank you, Reverend Hillary. Let us continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for speaking to us this evening. Lord, you have spoken. We ask you in the name of Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, to make each one of us understand the call upon our lives, the urgency. Father, open our understanding. Use us for your own glory. In a special way, we would like to pray and give thanks to you, Lord, for your servant, the Reverend Walter. Thank you for the way you have ably used him in clarity. Thank you, Jesus, for this season in his life. Father, we want to pray that you continue to use him as your anointed servant, my Lord, that he will dwell deep in your word, that he will draw from your word unto your people. Cover him with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Surround him with your favor, with your blessing as he goes out, as he comes in. Bless his family, bless the work of his hands, Lord. To you alone be the glory for what you're doing in his life. In some spirit, dear beloved, we'll continue in prayer. The Lord has called us, each one of us, to a higher calling. So we'll pray that the Lord himself will use us. As the servant of the Lord brought it out clearly. It is a higher calling. We ought to be a people who make a difference. May the Lord use us to be distinct wherever he has placed us. Our Father and our God, we confess where we've taken your call upon our lives for granted. Sometimes we are busy. Sometimes we do not hear. Sometimes we are just busy in the noisy world. 
Father, help us to know that you have called us to a separation, separation from the world, separation into your spirit, into your temple, into your service, King of glory, separate us. And in order for us to be separated, we ought to die to the flesh. King of glory, I ask that you start with me. Start with me. Help me to die to the flesh. Help me, Lord. I am unworthy. I am unworthy, King of glory. Help me. Separate me. Lord, will you use us afresh? Will you help us to know the anointing upon our lives? It's not pleasure. It's not comfort. Father, go ahead of us. Father, you called Samuel. He responded to your call. Samuel responded, oh God. Father, help us to hear you. We've given excuses. We've been fearful. We've said we are busy. King of glory, forgive us. We ask you to align us. We ask you to take away the lukewarmness from each one of us. We ask you to help us know that this we are on a serious mission and you want to use each one of us. You've reminded us the task ahead of us. We've ignored it. Lord, we are asking you to forgive us even when we've been faithless filled with unbelief, filled with doubt and fear. Lord, all the excuses, Lord, that we have given, will you forgive us? Will you forgive us, King of glory? Will you align us and order our footsteps again? Lord, I pray that you help us to put on the full armor of God as we go out. Indeed, we are going to meet mountains. We are going to meet distractions. Our Lord and our King, help us to remain in you. Help us to engage the power of the Holy Spirit to overturn and change the circumstances that are mountains standing in the way for your work to come through. Overturn all the temples, Lord, this evening, that we may follow in your footsteps. Lord, go ahead of us. Go ahead of us. Dress us with courage. Dress us with your armor. Lord, I pray that you revamp our prayer life in order for us to come out like Samuel, to be available. Our prayer life has got to change. The way we read the word of God has got to change. Now, how much time we spend in the presence of God matters. King of glory, start with me. And Lord, we want to say thank you for those people you have positioned around us to help us, to train us. Lord, to be a people, a people after your own heart. King of glory, we bless your name. Father, in the same spirit, you have reminded us that we ought to keep humble. Lord, the spirit of pride, may it die this evening. The spirit of discord, may it die in this evening. Lord, whatever manifests in us, that does not show servant leadership. May it die in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, King of glory, you've given us different gifts, talents. 
may you help us open our eyes to see the gifts that you've given each one of us that will be able to put them to use. Help us to remain in you, that you remain in us. Because you told us that you will not use unworthy vessels. So help us, Holy Spirit, to be worthy, to be worthy. Qualify us, Lord. Sometimes we qualify ourselves. Spirit of the living God, will you qualify us and use us? Will you change our circumstance? Will you change that which hinders us to draw back the wavering spirit? May it die completely. Father, you qualify those you called. Sometimes we've looked at books. Sometimes we've looked at the families we come from or the money or the jobs or the comforts. We ask you, Lord, to be the one to qualify us. Qualify us, King of Glory, not the books, not head knowledge. Qualify us. You yourself, who called young Samuel, will you call us and position us and equip us? Holy Spirit, equip us. Equip us to go out and share the gospel, especially in this month, the month of mission. Help us to be available. You've reminded us to be available. You've promised, oh God, that you'll do, uh, you'll do exploits. Sometimes we underestimate ourselves. That how are we going to minister to a Muslim? How are we going to minister to someone who is hard to love? How are we going to love the unlovable? So many issues, Lord, surround us as we are human, oh God. Father, we pray that you yourself will draw us and send us. Send us into the mission field. Send us into the hospitals. Send us, Lord, in the marketplace. King of glory, we wait on you. Help us to be available. Help us not to be too busy for you, Lord. If we love you, then we ought to obey you. Sometimes we forget. King of glory, may we honestly obey the Lord. May we honestly seek you. May we honestly pray. Your servant has reminded us, Lord, that it takes a deeper relationship, a deeper relationship, a deeper commitment, a deeper, a deeper love for you. Help us, help us, Lord. Take us deeper that we may hear you say, this is the way walking it. Where we have procrastinated, Father, forgive us. Help us to see, help us to, 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 to do that assignment that you have called us to do. Help us, Lord, because with you, everything is possible. Help us, Father. We need you. Indeed, we are going to meet storms. Indeed, we are going to, 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 to meet distractions and all manner of confusion in this world. You're telling us, Lord, to fear not. You're telling us to remain in you. You're telling us you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. King of glory, position us position us that we'll continue to draw from you and help us to be the water, the, the trees that are planted, always planted near the riverside, the spring of water that comes from you, King of glory. Indeed, Lord, our atmosphere, the world we are in is crazy. The environment is wicked. Help us to stand out. Help us to say no to evil. Help us open, oh God, our mouth, our lips to see sin, 
sin and get disgusted. Help us not to, 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 to waver. Help us not to compromise. We compromise at times. Our speech, sometimes we, we, we walk in the company of the wicked. The servant of the Lord has reminded us that, that we tag ourselves to those who know you. And it's your spirit that directs us to people who know you. Be gracious to each one of us, Lord. Tag us to your people. Tag us to people who will help us to walk in the right track. Tag us and help us not to grumble. Help us not to complain about the leadership. Help us not to complain about those who we work with or walk with who are, are, are stone are, are hard. But help us, like the servant of the Lord said, help us, oh God, to see the good in these people that you have placed in our, in our environment. Father, help us to, to, to keep pressing on, to keep pressing on through your Holy Spirit. We'll be comforted through the joy of salvation. In Nehemiah 8.10, you tell us that the joy of salvation shall be our strength. Father, see our tears that fall. See whatever, God, that grieves our spirit. And help us, Lord, to strengthen each other, to pray for one another, to pray for ministries, to pray for families, to pray for mothers, to pray for fathers and children. Wherever you have positioned us, Lord, help us not to fear. Father, in the same spirit, we want to pray that you make us be able to perceive, perceive, perceive what you're doing in our lives, perceive the seasons of God, but not to just walk blindfolded in the, in the world, but help us to perceive. Perceiving the word of God, perceiving the Lord starts with having a relationship with you. Father, keep us in your word. Keep us on our knees. We, he also reminded us that it's not about the numbers. Sometimes we, we call for meetings. Sometimes we are in a place of prayer. And the numbers seem few. The servant of the Lord mentioned that it's not about the numbers. God does not look at numbers. So wherever you have called us, whether we are one or two, your presence will always be with us. Help us to keep doing the needful. Help us to keep there, to keep the, the communication channels open in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we've been comfortable for long. We've, we've been procrastinating for long. Father, we pray that you mature us. You mature us, King of glory. Mature us, O oh Lord, into your destiny, into your, your calling. Empower us to empower others. Empower us to disciple others. Empower us to give out. And we cannot give out what we do not have. So help us, God. Help us and start afresh with us. Help us and change that which has caused confusion around us. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we want to thank you. We want to bless you. May we recognize that... You have given us a, a gift, a gift of your anointing. And we pray that we will not waste it. Help us to recognize your call upon our lives. Teach us, King of glory. Teach us, Spirit of the living God. Teach us, O oh God, and restore that which the enemy has stolen from us. Father, it's not too late. We confess, Lord, and ask you to come in 
Come in, Heavenly Father, and do your will. Come in, O oh God, and help us to know that you have called us. Strengthen us, O oh God, to be in your presence, to remain in your will. For you alone are God. For you alone has a good plan for each one of us. For you alone will guide our footsteps. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise for all who have been able to log on. We pray that we will not be the same as you continue to train us, Lord, through different servants that you bring on call. We give you thanks, Lord, even as we retire. May you be with us through the night. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we believe and pray. Amen.